my topic is growing a ministry. Ministry is a very broad term and it can be used in many ways. As I'm speaking of ministry in this session, I'm going to be speaking of action designed to reach the spirit and soul and body of mankind to prepare them for an eternity with Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about ministry. Ministry is, is the method by which we seek to connect people to God. But we cannot go about ministry with any attitude. We, we cannot minister just any way we feel. 1 Corinthians 16, 14, and 15 says, Let all your things be done with charity. I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanus, that is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. They have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. You know, there are a lot of times we know that addictions are bad news and we're trying to get people away from addictions. This is an addiction that we are wanting everybody to be a part of if there would just be a way that we could get everyone addicted to the ministry of the saints. Notice, notice that it does not say addicted to the ministry to the saints. It says addicted to the ministry of the saints. I know that we have to minister to the saints. I totally understand that, but I think it's very interesting that the writer did not say addicted to the ministry to the saints, but of the saints. As saints of God, we've got to be people that are set on ministry. We've got to live to minister. It, 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 this goes much broader than do you have a minister's license? Do you have a position? Do you, do you have this? Are you trying? It's minister. When we get up in the morning, when we start breathing, we should start ministering. We should start ministering inside of our house. After all, everything that we really are, we are at home anyway. The home is the training ground for our entire life, and ministry needs to, to begin there. But obviously, we're not talking about home ministry. We're talking about growing a ministry. And when you, when you think about growing a ministry, I believe that there are some things that growth demands. I believe if we're really going to to grow our ministry, whether it's a personal ministry or it's a church ministry. I believe that growth demands a few things that we'll talk about because some of these are just absolutely non-negotiable. You, you have to have these. Number one, I think we need to talk about the fact that we need a personal sense of calling. If we're going to grow a ministry, we need a personal sense of calling. Now, I know that this is not a class on how to, to discern God's will for your life or to find your ministry, but we, we must understand that that sense of calling is going to mean a lot to us. There will be times when the only thing that's really keeping us going is our sense of calling. Our sense of calling. It, it's, not that, it's not that, you know, the pastor asks us to do this or someone I'm working with or whatever. There, it gets down to, am I called to do this ministry. I'm talking about any ministry. I believe that, that a sense of calling can come to any department head in a church. Anybody in a church. I believe that there are, are callings that can come uh, into their lives in the area of ministry. So we must have a personal sense of calling. I also believe that growing a ministry demands understanding the dual working of God's will and time. 
God's will and time. We must understand that it can be the will of God and not be the time of God. It can be God's will and not God's time. If it's not God's will, it'll never be God's time. But it can be God's will and not be God's time. And many are the times that, that this does not mesh at that particular time. God may put something in our hearts for ministry, but it's, it's just not the time for us to move into that. So there's a key question that comes with this God's will, God's time. This all-important concept. There are a lot of people that are totally frustrated in ministry because they know that God called them to that ministry. They know that God has put that particular ministry in their heart, but it's like it's not working. It's not working. And we need to step into people's lives when you know that they have a heart for it. Uh, just because it's not working at that time does not mean that's not God's will. And we need to help people to understand because there are a lot of ministries that I believe would have grown and no telling what they would have been if people would have understood. Yes, that was God's will, and that is God's will, but it's just not God's time. So to grow a ministry, we have to understand that, that dual role. But a key question that can help clear all this up is, what does the pastor say? What does the pastor say? Let me challenge everyone that before you declare a personal or corporate ministry focus of the church, that we need to make sure that that's okay with the senior pastor. We, we need to make sure that, that his priorities agree with the timing element of this particular ministry. Now, if you're the senior pastor, then you must make sure that God's calling you to begin you know, that said ministry, whatever it is, and that the timing is right. And timing issues, you say, well, what's the right timing? Timing issues, that's where it can get a little bit blurry, but, but there are some things that we just need to remember. If we're going to launch a ministry, um, a, good, a good time to launch ministries is beginning of the year or beginning of school. Those are the two times of the year that people are pretty fired up about, about doing something new. So that would tell us that a good time to launch uh, a ministry would not be the end of the year or the end of school because, because a lot of people have, have tried to launch a good ministry to grow a ministry, and the timing was just absurd. It just was not a good time. We have, we have to understand that. So before we spend hours building ministries and growing ministries, we, we must know, is that a priority of the senior pastor? I have never been a senior pastor. I've been in ministry now. I've been a licensed minister now over 25 years and never been a senior pastor. One thing I have learned, I will not waste one day, I will not waste one meeting of my time or volunteers' time pushing something that the senior pastor is not for. If, if, it, if he can't wholeheartedly push that over the pulpit, I'm not going to push that rope. I'm not dragging that train up the hill with my teeth. That's, that's not, that's not going to happen. And so when we're looking at God's will and God's time, we have to understand. All this comes into to an understanding of how to grow a ministry. Because a lot of times people in their zeal, which we need zeal, we must have zeal, but in their zeal they bypass wisdom, do something ill-timed, could be God's will, not God's time, and are totally frustrated. There are senior pastors that, that can speak of that. I believe that growing a ministry, there's another demand for it, and that is a power source. A power source. 
John 15, 4 through 5. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. And please underline this in your notes. For without me you can do nothing. Please circle nothing in your notes. I don't, I don't know what it is about nothing that we do not understand. God's Word tells us, except for Him, we can do nothing. We cannot grow an apostolic ministry without Him. We cannot do that. And if, if we could understand that we're, we are not just in an area to where uh, there's a lot of things that we can grow out of personal discipline. There's a lot that can be done from personal discipline, organization. I'm for all of that. But we are apostolic people. We've stepped up saying we're going to do church like the book of Acts did church. Well, I think we're going to deal with more spirits and more opposition whenever we put our target on being an Acts 2 church. So there's no way that we're going to grow an apostolic Acts 2 ministry uh, and, and grow that and take, without being connected to our power source. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And the heart is a major issue in the area of our power source. We have to be people with a good heart. Believe me, that ministering in an apostolic church should never be a continuation of cold-hearted process fueled by guilt. That is, that is, not, our, that is not our goal. We want to be people with a healthy heart of purpose, and be involved in ministry, and be connected with the heart sustainer. Personal devotion, prayer, fasting, the Word, and a heart for God and people is a must for anyone in church ministry. We, we must understand that. We, we will never grow a ministry without growing ourselves and growing, growing people. When we're talking about loving God and loving people, whether that's in your notes or not, write that somewhere. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. We have to have that if we're talking about ministry. If we truly love God and are connected with God, if we truly love people and understand the power of a relationship with God and a relationship with people, that's going to change every way we go about growing a ministry. Before we ever get to the nuts and bolts of the ministry, before we ever get to let's get this and hook this together and let's see this happen, because all this can happen before we even get there. If we have a true love for God and a true love for people, and then we view our ministry as a way to connect God, a loving God, with people that we love, then it will, it will change how we do ministry. Mark 12, 28 through 31 gives incredible insight to this principle. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him... Ask Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? Which is the first commandment? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment, and Jesus did not stop. And he didn't ask for the second commandment. He asked for the first commandment. Jesus didn't stop. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other 
greater commandment, not commandments. The scribe asked for one. He didn't stop with the first one. He went one and two, then says, after he said two, there is none other greater commandment than these. He took those two and hooked them together because what he was trying to say was, this love God business, you can't even love God unless you love people. You, there, there's absolutely no way that you can do this. And so when we're talking about ministry and understanding growing a ministry, we first of all must totally understand that this thing is about loving God first and this thing is about loving people. And when the scribe asked Jesus what was number one, he, gave, he, he took those two and he, he meshed them together and handed He said, there is no greater commandment than these. He put them together. Loving God and loving people. You want to grow a ministry? Then you focus on loving God. You focus on loving people. And then it'll be amazing what can happen. But it's going to take more than that. It's going to take passion. It's going to take passion. If you're going to grow a ministry, it's going to take passion. Now, when you look at the definition of passion, it's obviously fervor and obsession, excitement, enthusiasm. Uh, but we must understand this, that excitement wanes, but passion sustains. Excitement wanes. Excitement is like vision. It'll leak. But passion sustains. The leader must be passionate about the ministry. What, what we must understand as leaders is this. Never place somebody in a position of leadership to help them. Never do that. If they don't have a, a passion for the ministry before they're in a position, they'll never have a passion for the ministry after a position. And we also must remember as leaders in ministries, when we're wanting help and we're, we're trying to get people around, we're trying to get ministries up and going, we must remember that it's much easier to tell people you are now a leader than to tell people you are no longer a leader. It's much easier to connect people to ministry than it is to, to disconnect people from leadership in that ministry. Now, a place of involvement, involve all the people you can. But in that leadership area, there, one reason, one of the greatest detriments to growing a ministry is prematurely putting someone in a leadership position of that ministry without them being ready. We have to have people that have passion and wisdom to grow a ministry. You've got to have people that, that are people of passion and wisdom. Now, you're talking about a ministry jewel. You're talking about finding the pearl of great price. When you get someone that has passion for that ministry and the, and the ability and the wiring to do that ministry, then that is a big win and will be one of the biggest wins in that ministry growing. But we have to have more than that. We have to have vision. We have to have vision. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. The Hebrew word for perish does not mean die. It means go back or set at naught. And we have to understand that. When people perish today, perishing takes on a, a, a different dynamic. It comes in the form of chaotic behaviors. Chaotic behavior. 
when there is no vision. When this happens, when, when a leader is trying to grow a vision and uh, grow a ministry and he lacks vision, then, then people stop taking church seriously. They're taking what they're doing inside the walls seriously. And what happens is they perish and the ministry perishes. We've got to understand that with a vision, people soar. So what is vision? When you're talking about vision, you have to have a vision for your ministry. As leaders, you must have a vision for your ministry. Vision is a plainly stated explanation of what you desire your ministry to become. That's what vision is. It should be short enough to, to easily be committed to, to memory. At our home church, we have a very simple vision statement. It's a vision statement that, that we made sure that it was simple because some of our uh, child Sunday school classes use it as memory work because we're trying to get the vision of our church into our kids at a young age. It's very simple. Our vision, what we want to look like, vision, what we want to be seen as is to be a 21st century apostolic church in principle, practice, and power. That is our vision. Whatever your ministry is, you need a vision for that ministry. If, if your church, the ideal situation would be for your church to have a vision statement, a mission statement. We'll talk about that in, in a moment. But a vision statement and then departments within the church, if they wanted to do their particular vision statement that tied into the main vision of the church. Everything, if we're going to grow a ministry, then everything needs to at least connect on the campus. In some way or another, there, there, is, no, there is no ministry that needs to be an island ministry that's just kind of out there by itself. Vision needs to tie us together. Mission in your notes. Another demand is mission. The mission is this. The mission is what you, you consistently do to arrive at your vision. So our particular vision is to be a 21st century apostolic church in principle, practice, and power. But, but what's going to be our mission? What's going to be what we do every day, every week, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, to become what we want to be seen as, that 21st century apostolic church, then if we're going to be that, our mission is going to be to provide connection for all people to Jesus Christ through worship, evangelism, discipleship, and fellowship. You can, you can do it however you want to do it. You can take whatever approach you need to take. This is just an example. But we have to be people of vision, and we have to be people of mission. Let me say as tactfully as I can. We talk about change in the world. We, we talk about we're going to take our cities and bottom line is we're not even taking our streets. Then we talk about we're going to take over and we're going to accomplish all this business. But the kind of people that it's going to take to disciple and become world changers are not going to be people that are going to aimlessly follow 
People without vision and mission. People will not commit to our confusion even if it is in the name of Jesus Christ. And we have to understand that. So if we're going to grow a ministry, then we're going to have to be leaders that get a vision for that ministry, understand we're on mission, be able to articulate that, be able to connect it together. But then you've got to have navigation. You've got to have navigation. A ministry must be navigated to grow. Your ministry will not drift into success. No ministry will drift into success. We, we will not drift into becoming better people. We'll not, we, anything good, you never drift into good. Anytime you hear the outcome of a drift, it's not good. And our ministries sometimes are just anointed and commissioned and now drifting. And what we have to do, we have to pull that back in. We have to get a vision for that, a mission for that, understand that we have to have the passion for that, we have to have a heart for God, but we have to navigate that. There are three very important navigational questions. Number one. Where are we going? Where are we going? So what is the one word that answers that? Goals. That is, that is that, that word. If you don't have particular goals for your ministry, and I mean goals that you refer to often, you will not grow a ministry. It doesn't matter about how excited you were. It doesn't matter that you had tongues of interpretation in the planning session. It does not matter how many chill bumps we felt. It doesn't matter who all agreed that we're going to accomplish this. If there's not navigation, if you can't say where you're going, then, then your ministry is not going to grow. You're going to be excited for a while, and you're going to get some extra chill bumps, but you're not going to grow a ministry. So what we have to do is we have to know where, where do you want to go. Then, the next question is the tough one, because it's where are we? And the key word... For that is honesty. And man, do we have trouble with that. You see, when we drove into this city, uh, had we not had a map, and we would have called, uh, called the pastor and said, how do we get there? What would have he asked us immediately? Where are you? Where are you? Because until you know exactly, now had I told him that I was, you know, south of I-45, and so he started giving me all these directions as if I was there, and, and I wasn't there, then we've, then we've just complicated, we've compounded confusion. In ministry, there are a lot of people that can say, we're going to grow a church, we're going to take our city, we're going to take the world. What we're going to do, we're going to win people, we're going to teach Bible studies. Well, where are you? Well, uh, takes honesty. You've got to mark the spot. You know, there have been a lot of people that have been rolled into surgery and they thought that their right arm was going to be amputated and they were rolled out and some uninformed individual amputated the left arm. Do you know that's happened? Sure has. I see it in ministry all the time. Nobody will mark the spot. If you're going to get rolled into surgery for an amputation, somebody needs to take a marker and they need to mark the limb that needs to be cut off. Somebody needs to get honest about the spot. 
in growing a ministry. A lot of people can tell you where they want to go and can tell you their goals, but they will not get honest and say, you know what, we, we, we want a prayer ministry. But honestly, there's not anybody praying. That's where you start, and that moves us to that third major, major question. What is your next step? That's the plan. What is your next step? I wish that you would make a note on your, on your notes, not steps, but step. You have to take one step before you can take two. And there are a lot of people that, that will not get moving because they will not set a plan. It's easier to talk about the goal. It's easier to, when we're talking about navigation, it's a lot easier to talk about where we're going, what we're going to accomplish. It's much easier to do that than it is to get very, very honest about where we are and then just step up to it and say, you know what, we can grow this ministry. Okay, for instance, prayer. Well, if you're wanting to develop a prayer ministry in your church, anybody knows that all you got to do is just preach a message on prayer. That's it. Preach a message on prayer and then thank God. The whole church is, is praying like crazy now. Not true. You know it's not true. So you know that it takes more. There are some things that can only be accomplished over the pulpit. There are some things that will never be accomplished from just over the pulpit. And so what we have to understand is, is yes, we got to preach and teach on prayer. But, but you know, somebody's got to get some sign-up sheets and somebody's got to prepare a, a prayer room and it's got to be conducive for prayer and it'd be great if the air was right. It'd be great if the lights were right. It'd be great if there was some Kleenex. It'd be wonderful if there would be some prayer material. It'd be great if on and I'm talking, I'm talking the goal is to have prayer. We're honestly in this situation and here is our next step. In ministry, that's what we have to have. If you're going to grow a ministry, you've got to answer those three questions. And do not overcomplicate those three questions. Take something else if we're going to grow a ministry. It takes a commitment to growing people. To growing people. Growing a ministry is about growing people. That's what it's about. There was one successful minister that I heard speaking, and I knew his history. And he was not in our organization, but he had, he had pastored three churches, two of which he had doubled, one he had tripled. He said this, I never tried to build a bigger church. I always tried to build bigger people. That was my goal. He said, if you build bigger people, then you will grow. We, ha we have to understand that. We have to understand the power of growing people, getting people working together, and building teams. We have to have that. You look in the Word of God, it's all about teams. You, you look in God's Word, you look from the Garden of Noah's Ark to the tabernacle in the wilderness, on through Jesus sending them out two by two, the disciples, apostles, the, the church. You look at all of it. I mean, all the way back to the Old Testament. Two major forms of Old Testament salvation. The Ark and the Tabernacle. Noah didn't build that ark by himself. No way he built that. And they sure didn't. One priest did, didn't facilitate everything that it took for the Old Testament plan of salvation at that time with, with, that, with that temple and, and the running of that tabernacle and the running of that. We have to understand that. Totally understand that one man has to be in charge. I totally understand that one man has to have the final say. But one man doesn't have to have the only say. And so what we have to do is, is we have to get people... And we have to value people. 
and we have to team up with people. And we have to tap into their wisdom and tap into their resources and build those teams. Never agree. In your notes, never agree with the saying, if you want something done right, do it yourself. Never say it. Never agree with it. Because this philosophy will cause you to live your life on a lower level of accomplishment. Well, if I want something done, I just do it myself. Well, I understand that, but you're going to live your life, leader. Listen to me. Hear me. Please understand me. You're going to live your life on a lower level of accomplishment because this philosophy is the philosophy of those who have one year of experience 25 times and not 25 years of experience. And there is a major difference in having one year of experience 25 times and having 25 years of experience. And there are a lot of people running around. They will not grow a ministry. They will never grow a ministry because they've locked into that. Well, if you want something done right, then do it yourself. And so they've been doing the same thing themselves, thinking that something's going to change and that ministry's going to grow and it's just not going to happen. Please understand that time spent investing in people is never wasted. Time spent. Taking time, leader, to explain when you can explain why you made what decision you made is time never wasted. Because when you give these, the, these explanations and you give these insights to trusted leaders, then we, we all win. And then number nine is communication. Communication is incredibly, incredibly important. We understand that we're created in the image of God and there is creative power in our words. We must understand that God spoke into chaos and confusion and darkness and it changed. We're in His image but my question is, what is your plan for communication? I ask you, the, the ministry that you're leading, when do you meet with those leaders? When do you do that? Uh, as as uh, working under a leader, if you are a subordinate under a leader on any level of leadership, you need to learn the leader, the communication style of your leader. You, you, cannot, you cannot try to make your leader understand your communication style. Try to understand his. But you've got to know this, that the three to five church growth priorities of your senior pastor, you've got to know. You've got to know the three to five church growth priorities of your senior pastor. If you do not know those, then you need to find those out. You need to know. If, if we're going to grow ministries, we have got to know that we're on the same page with that senior pastor. Communication. So when do you meet with those you lead? When do you communicate with your team? Do you know what is important to you to grow that ministry? If not, why not? You've, you've got to know what is important because many times communication is the issue. And communication cannot be compromised. We have dysfunctional teams and we have dysfunctional marriages and relationships for the same reason. A lack of healthy communication. I said healthy communication. Healthy communication is not just one-way communication. Healthy communication is not just email. But healthy communication is, is interaction. As we continue on this communication, be prepared for meetings. Now, I'm not trying to get us to have meetings to schedule meetings. But let me just tell you this. If you 
are not leading, if you're not meeting at least monthly with the people that you're leading, then you're leaving a lot on the table. If you're, in, if you're into a season where, where there's a new push or a new dynamic that you're trying to get across, you may need to meet a couple of times a month, and uh, even if it's not long, drawn-out meetings, uh, even if it's after, before church for 15 minutes or after church for 15 minutes, but the tag-in of communication is incredibly important. There are a lot of people love God. They've heard from God. It's God's will. It's God's time. They have passion. They understand navigation. They can tell you where, they, where they're going. They can tell you where they are. They can tell you what your next steps are, but they do not continue to communicate. And so any ministry can stagnate or die at any of these particular levels. And then you're just going to need some stickability. You're definitely going to need some stickability. Sometimes the best ability is stickability. Now, in, in ministries, there, there's going to be times that you're just going to have to hang in there. I mean, to see a ministry grow, you're just going to have to hang in there. Anyone can bail out, but not just anyone can stick it out. Anybody can bail out, but not just anybody can stick it out. There are going to be problems. Let me just tell you right now, if you think for one second that, that Satan and whoever he has working with him or the, or the kingdom of darkness, if you think for any time at all that we're going to be able to step in and create ministries to connect people to God Almighty, create ministries, what's ministry? Action that moves people toward a relationship with Jesus Christ that, that, can, can, that can take them to the right side of eternity. If you think this is not going to be a fight, then you, you need to readjust your understanding. When we go to build ministry, there have been people in our church, there was one ministry in our church that I have, I'm, I am almost gun shy to ask one more person to try to lead this for what's happened to the last three that said they would. There's something to all of this. But there's sometimes that we've got to understand that we've got to have stickability and with people come problems and there will be problem times. But sometimes we've got to just stick in there. And then number 11, our last point, is just as important and that's flexibility. Flexibility. Now, now here's what we must understand. Flexibility not only in our ministry, but with our ministry. We have to have flexibility as we work in our ministry. But, but what happens in our church? Because if we're talking about growing a ministry, we have to always keep in mind, not just the ministry I'm leading, but the ministry that I'm a part of. This local church. So, I'm flexible in my ministry, but I must be flexible with my ministry. What that means is, is you're in one ministry and something happens and in another ministry of the church, God starts blessing, start reaching more people. Well, as you can keep your ministry uh, intact and moving forward, what would it be like in churches if we had leaders that would mature to the level and they would say, you know what, instead of going full speed ahead right here, I, I can take some of my resources and some of my energy and we can, and we can uh, 
uh, join up with this other ministry that it seems like God's really blessing right now. That's what I'm talking about, flexibility in your ministry and with your ministry. Because it would be incredible what, what could happen. You see, it's going to take flexibility in our ministry. Inflexible people self-inflict much unneeded stress in ministry. People, it's just my way. It's just, this, this is just the way it is, and this is the way it's always been. This is the way it's got to be, and this is the way we've always done it. And, you know, God knows there's plenty of people standing guard over the status quo. We, we totally, totally understand that. But if we could get to where we are flexible, because even with the best laid plans, crazy things is going to happen in, in church ministries. I mean, it'll be things you had never even imagined. It, you've got to be flexible because you can have it all laid out and sometimes the craziest thing is going to happen. And a special word to, to those that have church staff members. It's very, very easy in the world of the office, in the world of the church office, it's very easy to get inflexible. It's very easy to, to, to uh, operate in a way that it comes out almost like us against them. And the church staff must be flexible. Flexibility is a must and it is a goal of everyone. Flexibility is this. It's the ability to bend without breaking. What we must understand is, is we can grow our ministries. Never forget that the kingdom of God is designed to increase. Never forget that. Never buy into any type of a thought process that, well, this is just must be all we can do, or this is we're just doing all we can do, and there's really no other way that we can, can make this happen, and we're just going to have to hang in there. I don't think we have to just hang in with a mentality of a defeated type spirit. There's no way. There is a way. We've got to remember that God Almighty became flesh and shed his blood for a church. And he is not willing that any should perish. And I promise you that if you take a new look of, about that ministry, and you look at that with vision, and you look at that with passion, and you get some plans, and you have a heart for God, and you team up with people, and you work with people, and you get very serious about seeing people touched, there will be people touched. Because the only person that that wants that ministry to grow more than a passionate leader is God Almighty and he has all the power to give us what we need to see every ministry grow every ministry can grow in an apostolic church